Superflex SOP time for week seven. John Hogue here as Superflex Dude on Twitter. Reunited with Brian Hart at Brian Hart FF. It's been a couple weeks, man, since uh since we've been together doing this. So we'll we'll have to see if uh if we remember how to do it. Yeah, man. No, I'm excited about tonight. A uh, lot of fun uh, the last couple of weeks, but it's nice to have you back too. Yeah, good to be back. It was it was a much needed vacation, and then l- last week I got to uh, got to talk a little bit with James the Brain, um, and got him to 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 talk up Aaron Jones finally, uh, just in time to have that blow up in his face. Because <laughs> as we're recording this, Jamal Williams is. Uh, matching Aaron Jones, I believe, in touches and or it probably has more touches, um, matching him in carries and outscoring him by kind of a lot at this point for fantasy purposes. So, um, that's uh, yeah, yeah, we finally we finally got James the brain to to get on the Aaron Jones train and and then look what happens. So <laughs> Um, not a whole lot no that's notable this week. Otherwise, uh, we've as always we're going to have a list of ads for you, uh, a few players you can drop, some buys and sells, and of course next week this week, uh, one of our one of our absolute favorite segments and one of our specialties here on the Superflex Super Show. Uh, before we get into all of that, though. Just want to remind you that if you subscribe to the DLF family of podcast mega feed, not only can you hear all of the episodes of the Superflex Super Show, that's five episodes a week, you can also get all of the great podcasts from DLF, including the Dynasty Double Take podcast. It's a quick hitting Dynasty fantasy football debate podcast hosted by Dan Sanio and Nathan Powell. The Dynasty Double Take provides quick hitting analysis and discussion on a variety of dynasty fantasy football topics. I think they took a little bit of time off in season, um, but during the off season, they, they talk about commissioner stuff. They talk about strategy stuff. Uh, they did a great one on drafts versus auctions, um, all kinds of useful stuff to help you not only set up your league, but manage your roster uh, once, uh, once your league is up and running. So definitely check that one out and you can do that by simply subscribing to the DLF family of podcasts, mega feed, Brian, let's get to the standard operating procedures for this week. And like I said, I, it's, it's not a super eventful week here going into week seven. Uh, you know, usually we, we see some major injuries that kind of open up some opportunities for, for some other players. And we didn't really have that this week. I think probably the most notable injury was, I mean, Will Disley, man, that hurts me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but everybody stayed pretty healthy otherwise. And uh, in fact, now we're starting to get some guys back. It sounds like your boy Saquon Barkley is going to play in week seven. Uh, Sammy Watkins sounds like he's back. Tyreek Hill came back here in week six. Um, we're, we're starting to get a lot of these guys back now. Um, and we're kind of getting close to that point in the season where, uh, players who were on IR are also eligible to return. So, um, we're getting more of an influx of players at this point than, uh, than actually losing them. So it makes this a little difficult, but we're still going to do 
what we normally do. We're going to talk about some players that you can add and essentially rank them, um, give some uh, some uh, give give an idea of what to spend on them as far as fab uh, your free agent acquisition budget. Here's how much you can spend. Here's what it's going to take to get these guys. Are they worth that cost? Things like that. So um, I'm I'm just going to give you a list here, Brian, mm-hmm. of uh, of some players. And um, I'm curious, first of all, you know, your top priorities. And second of all, how much you're going to spend. And is that going to be enough to actually get these guys? So let me just run through the list real quick for you. Actually... Maybe this time I, I'll let you run through the list because I always do it, and I've been talking for way too long here. It's, we need another voice on this. Hey, I almost I almost jumped in with the Saquon Barkley, but I'm trying to contain myself and my excitement about him returning to the field. Um, I'm very excited about that, so I'll, I'll try not to uh, make anybody hate hate the show by continually talking about Saquon. But um, I am definitely excited about that. So. Plus, your your regularly scheduled Saquon Barkley talk is is already baked into this episode, so it's <laughs> Beautiful. coming. Beautiful, <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, yeah, so let's go down through the list here. Um, so, kind of reversing roles here. So, you gonna give me your your uh, kind of rankings on these? Is that what you want to do here? Yeah, let's do it that way. And uh, I I still want to get your thoughts on it, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we'll just we'll get the list from you and and you can give a little bit of backstory if you want. You don't don't necessarily have to, but um, okay. All right, so well let's go ahead and get into the list then. Um, so we'll start off with the quarterbacks: Ryan Tannehill. Um, we got Alden Tate, Daryl Henderson, um, or Darrell, uh, Alexander Madison, Benny Snell, Mark Walton. Darius Slayton, Ben Watson, Adam Humphreys, Luke Wilson, Cedric Wilson, Tavon Austin, uh, and Jerron Brown and Demarius Thomas. So those are the guys that we got on the list this week. Um, so in terms of priority, uh, who are you prioritizing out of this list? I think for me at this point, it, it re- I think it has to be Auden Tate. Um, I, I don't, you know, w- there's still some running backs here who, who I think can be very, very helpful to you with Jalen Samuels out. We saw Benny Snell get a good amount of work. He actually had more carries, I believe, than James Connor, right. Or, or was it, was it catches one, one or the other? He was, he was equally involved, um, just not quite as effective as James Connor, but he was on the field a lot. Uh, you know, Darrell Henderson in fairly limited work looked just amazing. Um, but I, Auden Tate is at this point has been performing for, you know, two and a half straight weeks, essentially. And, uh, he's, there's proof of concept there with him. We know his role. We know he's a starting wide receiver for the Bengals. It might not be a great offense, but it's definitely one that where he's got a role. Um, he's right now he's their he's their outside, you know, their their outside weapon essentially. Um, Tyler Boyd man's a slot, and 
they don't have a whole lot else as far as outside wide receivers. So um, just based on opportunity, I'm going to start with Auden Tate. And the fact that he's still available in, uh, what was it, 28, I think, or, or only he's owned in roughly 28% of Yahoo leagues, I believe. It it just goes to show you that, it, you know, where people are having a hard time believing this one, but I don't think that they're going to be able to ignore the fact that he caught all five of his targets, 91 yards this week. At this point, I think that we can trust that Auden Tate is going to continue to have that same role. And I think now he's he's been out there for a little too long. I think at this point you probably have to pay in the neighborhood of 25% to get him. Yeah, I, I I actually agree with you here. I mean, I think he, you know, normally we prioritize the quarterbacks in super flex leagues. Um, I, I, we're certainly going to talk about Ryan Tannehill here, but I'm not <laughs> overly. Yeah, we, we do have to, John. I know. It it. Pains, I know it pains you to do so. The ghost um, of Stompy is here just <laughs> yelling. Yes, you have to or I'll quit. Right. I'll rage right. quit the podcast. I can't. I can't even. <laughs> I can't um, do it. But uh, but yeah, I'm with you with with uh, Tate here. I think um, you know he he's a player that I mean he his catch radius. We were talking before the show. His catch radius is insane. He's just a big dude, and he can jump out of the building. Um, six five, two twenty eight. I mean, big guy. Um, and he's relatively fast, I believe. I don't know that his forty was that good but um he has a he has a pretty high speed score uh in in terms of the workout metrics so um and and the other thing with with tate so i'm not sure what did you say he was targeted five times i think he caught he caught five passes i think he was actually targeted quite a bit more than that um his his targets over the last four weeks he's had double digit targets in two games uh and two target uh two games with six targets as well so he's getting He's getting some some major looks in that offense right now. Obviously, with AJ Green out of the lineup, and who the heck knows when Green's coming back, um, or if he's coming back. I don't. And they say they're not moving him. I'm not totally convinced, but we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm with you. I, I think Tate is the guy here, and and I agree. At this point in the season, I think I'm willing to put up a pretty decent chunk. Um, I would say for me, it's probably a little bit lower than what you said, 25%. I think I might do 20%. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think he's worth a chunk, uh, right now. Um, even in a bad offense, I mean, this offense is going to be playing from behind a lot, uh, and, and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. So I think, uh, I think opportunity wise, he's, he's got a chance to, to really have kind of a, you know, a mini breakout season. Um, with AJ Green on the shelf. So uh I'm with you on that one. So you were right, by the way. He actually had 12 targets. He caught five passes. Um man, those ones that he missed, looking back on it, I it it certainly wasn't him. I mean, those were horribly thrown passes that I don't even know should necessarily necessarily count as targets. Some of them. <laughs> I mean, it's like when it's that far off, I don't mm -hmm. know why why we so Anyways, if if you are going to look at the stats and say, how did he only catch five out of 12? Keep in mind, Andy Dalton had one of his worst days accuracy wise 
uh, of the season so far. And I, I, I still think that that's kind of saying something. Andy Dalton has been pretty good for fantasy purposes, but from an NFL standpoint, watching him throw the ball has been just a nightmare uh, so far this season. So, um, yeah, 12 targets. And, and, and I think that that's still important. I mean, just how involved he's going to be. Right. You know, at the very least until AJ Green comes back healthy, which that could still be a couple weeks. Um, you know, John Ross is on IR. So that's another six weeks, I believe six or five or six weeks before he'd be eligible to return. So we've got, we've got some time here where Auden Tate is going to be the only guy on the perimeter for them. So, um, I, I think I would be maybe I'd be willing to go 25% just because wide receiver has been so hard to, to nail down so far this season. Um, but you're, you might be right. 20%. It, I, I think that people are still going to have a little bit of a hard time trusting this. Uh, this is, this was a guy who went late in the seventh round in 2018. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of people who are, who feel like this is just kind of a short-term rental and probably not going to be able to really pay up for him, not going to be willing to really pay up for him. So, so you might be right there. Um, who's, who's your number two guy? I'm curious. Oh man. You know, looking at the list there, there's two that stand out for me. I, I, and, and the Homer in me wants to go Benny snow here. Um, and, and he did look good. You, you mentioned that he out, uh, he out carried James Connor and he did, he had 17 carries to Connor 16 and he was much more efficient. He had 75 yards. Connor had 41. Connor did get in the end zone. Um, but, but Snell, you know, he ran the ball better, uh, to be honest. So, um, I, I was, I was happy to see that as a Steelers fan, but I think I'm going to go with Alexander Madison here. And we've talked about him on the show before. Um, in the SOP stuff. And, uh, you know, this is a guy, he 14 carries um, to Dalvin Cook, 16 in this game against Philadelphia. So look, I'm, I'm not thinking that Madison is necessarily going to continue to eat almost a 50, you know, almost split with Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook is, is the clear number one there. He's a superstar. He's a stud. Um, and, and I think we should treat him as such moving forward, but Madison has been a guy he's shown enough that he's getting some increased touches in this offense. Um, and he is literally one injury away from being a superstar as well, in my opinion. I mean, he's looked really good on the field, um, you know, catching the ball, running the ball. I mean, he's, he's dynamic in, in the run game. Um, so I think Madison, if he's still available, and obviously in dynasty leagues he's probably not, but um, in in redraft he's a guy that you know if you if you have Dalvin Cook and you don't have this guy, go trade for him right now. Um, and and you know if he's on your waiver wire, I think he's worth you know as, as long as you don't have a really short bench, I think he's worth a stash. Yeah, I. I, I... For me, these three running backs in particular, Darrell Henderson, Alexander Madison, Benny Snell, I think those guys are all pretty interchangeable for me. Um, so I, any one of those guys. But uh, so, I mean, primarily whichever one handcuffs your, you know, your RB1, uh, whether you've got Cook, Connor or Gurley. 
Um, I so man, I don't know that I could prioritize the three in a vacuum. Um, so I'm I'm good with uh, with what you're saying with Madison. I think they're probably all roughly the same cost, and I think that it's again, I I, I think they're probably going to be in that twenty to twenty five percent neighborhood still, um, yeah. just like Tate. Yeah, I agree. Um, Snell, so that's like I said. I mean, Snell has the most like it, it currently has the greatest opportunity. I think. Um, he's, he's certainly, he's the most involved right now. And if anything were to happen to James Connor, so yeah, he actually had more carries than James Connor, 17 to 16. Um, but Connor had seven targets. Snell had one. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and Snell was actually more effective in the running game at 4.4 yards per carry, uh, finished with 75 yards to Connor's 41 at 2.6 yards per carry. Again, Connor was just so effective in the passing game. But, I mean, I, I, I think that Benny Snell probably picks that up as well if James Connor were to go down. So, Especially right now because Jalen Samuels is out for the next month with the knee scope. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, over the next four to five weeks until Jalen Samuels gets back, I, I think Snell, you know, I, he they they are going to spell James Connor. He, he you know, the Steelers, because of the quarterback situation, even when Mason Rudolph returns, they're going to want to run the football, um, you know, and they can't have James Conner out there just with his running style and straightforward and bowling, you know, trying to bull people over. And I, I think, um, you know, they're going to have to spell him. And Snell is a big dude, um, too. And can kind of wear on teams, uh, hopefully late in games when they're trying to close things out. So I I think he is definitely over the next four weeks going to have an opportunity to put up some numbers. Um, and then, you know, when Samuels, I, I think this is kind of an audition for Benny Snell, too. If he if he performs the way he performed in last night's game, then they're going to probably keep him in the mix. If he doesn't, if he has some some duds where you know he carries the ball ten times for twelve yards or something, well then when Samuels returns, he'll obviously get more involved. But um, but I do think you know I do think he has an opportunity here over the next couple of weeks to you know make a case to be a you know continually used uh, moving forward here this season. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So I right now I think I view. Benny Snell is kind of a handcuff plus um, with, you know, again, if Connor were to go down, which is not something that we're even capable of predicting. Please stop. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I will be able to take it with yeah. all the injuries in Pittsburgh this year. <laughs> I know. I know. Which, by the way, that's that's I think that's another thing. And, and I think that it fits the conversation. So I'm just going to ask you real quick. Yeah. Did Duck Hodges do enough to to challenge for a starting job, or is it still just, it, you know, without question, Mason Rudolph comes back and takes that job? Uh, for me, it's Mason Rudolph. Okay, N no doubt about it. I, I and and don't get me wrong, I like Duck. I, I love <laughs> Duck. I mean, I'm a uh, Central Pennsylvania rural country boy. I didn't grow up in the country, but. Still, I, I live here now and and love it. And and Duck is a world champion duck caller. 
I mean, I mean, how can you, I mean, come on, that's like perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, so I love him. I love duck and I want him to stay on the roster. I hope, I hope he ends up being their third QB and I think he should be, I think mm-hmm. they should keep him on the roster. Um, well, second QB while, while Ben's out. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I think it's Mason Rudolph. I, I think talent wise, he's a much more talented player. He can make all the NFL throws. I don't think Duck can make all the NFL throws. I think Duck's a good I think he's a good game manager. I think he gives your team a chance to stay in, but if you need to rely on him to win a game, he didn't win the game last night. They spotted him a they, they basically spotted him 14 points. I mean, they Great. scored the defensive touchdown with the scooping score by Devin Bush and then Bush had the interception the very next possession. So they're up 14 nothing before that game really even started. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think if if you need Duck Hodges to bring you back from 14 down, I don't know that he's the guy that can do that. I think Mason Rudolph can do that. So um, to me, it's it's Mason Rudolph all the way there. Um, but you know, but that that's just my opinion. So that I, and I think it's relevant for a couple different reasons. First of all, in in the context of the running back situation. I honestly think that Hodges probably uh, does the most for the running backs. Um, so, I mean, I think that they they might take a little bit of a hit once Rudolph is back. And that's mostly just because, I mean, it, you know, it's less of an RPO offense with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. It's also, you know, the the passing game is a little bit more credible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not going to be you're not going to see 12 targets to any of the running backs. Um, so, so I think there's that piece of it. I also is in terms of super flex SOPs, number one, if Mason Rudolph somehow got dropped or is, uh, you know, even available in a trade, I think that you go for it because uh, yeah, I, I think that he's, if he's going to come back to that, uh, to that quarterback one job, I think that you, that's the guy that you want. Um, and there's a chance here that he might be kind of cheap, especially. So now they go into the buy. I think there's a good chance that he comes back in, uh, and in week eight, they get Miami. So, and then they've got a tough matchup with Indianapolis and then they set off on a, a nice run of games, <laughs> where they get the Rams without a keep to leave. They get Cleveland, they get Cincinnati, they get Cleveland again. Um, and then they get Arizona. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a very nice schedule for a quarterback um, going forward. So if, if anyone, if the Mason Rudolph owner has given up on him, now's the time to go buy or even pick him up. If he made it to waivers uh, redraft super flex leagues, maybe that happened no way it happened in dynasty and then maybe duck hodges is a drop at this point um it so yeah anyway so so for me benny snell probably gets a slide edge over alexander madison just based on the opportunity but man if dalvin cook were to go down all of a sudden alexander madison just turns into you know a a a guy he he's got top five running back potential every single week at that point. And you have to, you're going to have to spend, you know, whatever you've got and it still might not be enough to get him at that point. So 
there's an opportunity here. We've been talking about Madison for several weeks now. Uh, and if he's still available and you can still get him somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, 25%, I, I know it feels like a lot right now for a backup running back, but man, that's it's it could be a huge discount if something were to happen. And then Darrell Henderson should be, he should be super cheap. I think he belongs in this conversation. Uh, it, it looks like, I mean, Todd Gurley could easily be back this week. Uh, it, it looks like Malcolm Brown is still their guy, but I, I just, I'm, I just got to tell you watching, watching the two of them against a very good defense, by the way, uh, uh, Henderson looked so much better to me than Malcolm Brown. And he, he looked to me like what, like Todd Gurley from, you know, two years ago. So I, I think you have a chance here to, to grab a guy who also is in line for, you know, a very, a very good opportunity with all the talent in the world. And I think you can get him cheap if you do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Henderson is, is weird for me because I, I think, you know, um, oh, so where he was being drafted, especially in dynasty leagues, uh, you know, in rookie drafts just threw me off because, you know, I think the worry over Gurley and, and apparently rightfully so to some degree, um, you know, but, but yeah, Malcolm Brown has, has been pretty much, uh, the exclusive guy when Gurley's not in there. Um, you know, you did see Hendo get some, some work this week, but yeah, I, I I'm, I'm just, I'm interested to see what he's going to do. I, I kind of, he, for me in, in terms of those three running backs currently, and, and, and again, if, if we're, if we're talking just about this season, I think he's a, the clear third guy for me. Um, and, and, maybe a step down. I might not spend quite as much on Henderson as I would on, on um, especially on Madison for me. And then on Snell, um, given the current situation there, um, you know, I, I might do 15 to 18% instead of up in the twenties somewhere. Um, but, uh, you know, but I get it too. I, I, I get it. And I, you know, with, with Todd Gurley kind of, <laughs> seemingly always going to be dealing with this knee stuff. Um, you know, I, I think he's definitely worth at least that. And, and under, I understand where people might even want to pay a little bit more to make sure they have him just in case. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good point that people had to pay so much for him. I mean, he was going top five in a lot of rookie drafts in dynasty, mm -hmm. even in super flex. So, um, which I, I mean, we knew it then that that was a little bit of a reach and uh, I think we know it even better now, but, um, I, so it, it, it's really hard to spend a top five rookie pick on a guy and then give up with, uh, give up on him before the midpoint of the season. So, right. so he's, he's probably not even available. But in those redraft leagues where he's been dropped to make roster space for an actual usable guy, I think he's about to turn into one of those late season league winners. Mm -hmm. Just watching him run, it was just it, 
but but you're right. I mean, he's he's not always going to be available even and there's there's still a depth chart in the way there um but that so that one's just pretty speculative for me um but yeah so those three guys are are just kind of they're all tied for second behind on tape for me mm-hmm. um who's who's your next guy um i mean i think i have to go Tannehill. In in Superflex, I mean, if we're, you're talking after the running backs, right? Yeah, after those three, yeah. I think I have to go Tannehill here. Um, and and just again, if we're talking about a quarterback who's gonna be able to start for a week or two, at least, and potentially longer, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think we have to give him some consideration here. Um, I like how know, diplomatic you're being about this, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> you're, you're really walking on eggshells with this one. <laughs> um, yeah. So we I mean, have to talk about him. I know no one wants to, but we have to. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible. Actually, I mean, he completed 81 percent of his passes, 13 of 16 for 144 yards in the game. He did throw a pick and he was sacked four times, which is I mean, that's that's part of the problem in Tennessee too, is people getting to the quarterback and Ryan Tannehill is not mobile, uh, not in the sense that Marcus Mariota is. So, um, you know, he, he will need protection. I think they were down in this game pretty good too. That was, that was the Denver game, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were down pretty, pretty much the entire game. Right. Yeah. So that's the other thing. I mean, Denver, you know, put pin their ears back and go after the quarterback a ton too. So it wasn't a normal game flow for Tannehill by the time he entered the game. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, does, does, does he inspire a lot of confidence? No. Can you spot start him here while, while he has the job for however long he's going to have the job? Yeah, probably if you need a quarterback. Right. So I think he's probably next on the list for me. And as far as fab, I think I would be in the upper teens. Um, You know, I don't know that that gets him. I mean, if I was really QB needy, like I literally didn't have a second QB to start through bye weeks or, or whatever, I might pay a little bit more than that. Um, But, you know, if, if I have quarterbacks and I'm just grabbing him, you know, to start one week or something like that. I'm probably not, I'm, I probably wouldn't spend more than 15 to 18%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, and he's, he's my next guy too. I, I, I you know, I hate it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're right. I mean, it, I, I will say, I don't, I don't know that Ryan Tannehill starts uh, this coming week. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm not. You think it's just a wake up call? Yeah. Well, it was. It could have been that. It could have just been. Uh. Well, this wasn't your day, so you know, let's let's give somebody else a shot. I I also. I mean, Ryan Tannehill. He was he was more effective in that he had a higher completion percentage, and he ended up with more yards. But is in terms of, I mean, they got down into the red zone and then just moved backwards. They ended up getting shut out in this game. And Ryan Tannehill had most of the second half to work with. It's not like he was, you know, significantly more effective than Marcus Mariota was. He was slightly more effective, but ultimately it was the exact same result. 
John. John. <laughs> I love you, John. Uh-oh. You 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 know this, right? Uh, uh, okay. All right. You know this. <laughs> but slightly more effective is I, I mean, I, I am not I will probably be fired by our other co-hosts if I don't if I don't touch here on, on this. <laughs> I mean seven of eighteen, thirty-eight percent of completion percentage and two picks. It was ugly. It was plain old ugly well there's nothing to say about <laughs> mark's merit you i you no, love i true. respect the hell out of out of what you just did there uh, yeah <laughs> but 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 i also oh, i mean there man. was absolutely there was nothing there was nothing about that performance yesterday that that i mean he was bad he was no. just plain bad yesterday and this comes off the backs of several mediocre games he had the, he had the really nice game against atlanta um but i also think we know kind of what that defense isn't uh, at, at this point in the season so you know I, i'm not going to take that away from Mariota, but i mean he's he's not been the last couple of weeks he's not been very good and yes and yesterday was not good at all i mean it was it was ugly um yeah. from mario and, and 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 look i agree with you i don't think i mean ryan Tannehill. realistically we're not talking about the tennessee titans future starter at quarterback i mean he he may be he may be for a couple games he may be for the rest of the season i don't know what they'll do um but moving forward i mean you're not going to feel confident going into a season with ryan Tannehill and three knee surgeries you know what I mean? Like I, I just I agree with you on that. I'm not I'm not a Tannehill supporter per se, mm -hmm. but I do think that Mariota has played in the last couple of games bad enough <laughs> to warrant a change to see if this jump starts something in that offense. Yeah, I I think that that's fair, and I'm I'm not trying to defend Marcus Mariota here at this point. I there's. There's not a whole lot to defend. I mean, I could make excuses for him. I'd be happy to do that. But <laughs> and we know we know that I've got all of them uh, at my disposal. But so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take up time by doing that. What I, all I'm gonna say is, and this is my whole point. They put in Ryan Tannehill with the idea that maybe he would jumpstart the offense, and he statistically yes he was better he he completed more passes he had a higher completion percentage he had more yards but the result was the exact same man like they could not get in the end zone they went even when they got in close they still couldn't finish they missed on a uh um uh they they had a turnover on downs deep in denver territory uh where he couldn't make anything he had four downs to to get in the end zone and he couldn't do it. He still threw an interception. I, it, it, and it wasn't any, it, it, it wasn't like it was a tipped ball or anything. It was just a bad throw uh, that was read all the way by Chris Harris jr. It, it, they just, it was, it was just a bad matchup for Tennessee against a defense playing kind as, of, uh, as good as they're capable of. And, I don't I don't think that you could glean anything from, you know, taking out Marcus Mariota and putting in Ryan Tannehill. I don't think that you saw anything 
if you're Mike Vrabel, I don't think you saw anything from Ryan Tannehill to that said, all right, this is obviously better than what we had with Mariota. So all I'm saying is I, I think that you pick up Tannehill just based on the idea that he could be a starting NFL quarterback. He's got decent matchups coming up. Uh, it looks like it's going to be, I, I mean, the chargers have a good pass rush and, and then Casey Hayward, um, but they're still, you can still throw the ball on them. And then after that, they're at home against Tampa Bay. Um, you got to love that matchup. So whoever ends up at quarterback is going to have a chance here to, uh, to be startable for your super flex rosters here in the next couple weeks. But I, I just don't think that it's a slam dunk that it's Ryan Tannehill. I think that you pick him up because there's a chance that it is. Uh, but I think that they could easily go back to Marcus Mariota um, and, you know, for the, for this L.A. game. I think that there's a good chance that we hear that Mike Vrabel names Marcus Mariota the starter again um, before before that game even starts. But um, but yeah, I mean, you still got to pick him up. And I think uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of. I I mean. Putting 20% on him, I think, is fine. I don't think that's going to get him. I think I think there are going to be a lot of people going after Ryan Tannehill here on waivers with the idea that he's going to be the starter for the rest of the season and he's going to be the savior. And I don't think I'm willing to spend enough fab to get that because I don't think he is that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so we have a few more running backs. We have some tight ends. We have a couple receivers. Who is next on your list? I think I'm. I think I'm going to go. Oh man, this is a. So it's 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 tough for one thing. Um, there's one guy in particular that people are really going to have a hard time getting on board with. Demarius Thomas. Now, just because, I mean, so we get Sam Darnold back, it becomes a much better uh, just overall offense. This whole offense just just got a huge boost with the return of Sam Darnold. And it's the first time we've seen him fully healthy all season. And Demarius Thomas, um, man, I just had it pulled up too. He had... Uh, he had some like seven targets, um, four catches, 62 yards on, I think five this week. He had nine five. targets last week. There you go. Yeah. So. 14 targets over the last two weeks. Yep. Um, and this one in particular, they were much more quality with Sam Darnold against a really pretty tough defense. And now they set off on a, a, a nice schedule for, for wide receivers, um, some, let's see, they've got, I mean, they've got new England this week. That's a, that's a tough one. But from then on Jacksonville, who's the 11th worst against wide receivers, Miami, who's seventh in a pretty deceptive seventh. They've already had a bye week. Uh, the giants who are number one, Washington's number three, Oakland is number eight, then, uh, Cincinnati and then Miami. So even through the the fantasy playoffs, Baltimore and Pittsburgh um, in the uh, fantasy semis and championship, 
those are I mean those are really pretty good matchups for wide receivers. So the Jets wide receivers in general have an opportunity here to be very good for fantasy purposes the rest of the season. And uh, Demarius Thomas is probably the only one available on waivers. Um, so I, I would go out and get him as the number three guy um, who's probably also going to be their one of their bigger red zone threats, I would think. Uh, and probably 10% is plenty to get him. If Jamison Crowder happens to be available, by the way, I, I'm, I'll go 30% on him. Um, and Robbie Anderson, I would go, I, I, I would probably go all in on him if he was actually available. I just can't imagine that he is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that call, uh, on the jets offense in, in general. Um, and, and. And in particular, Demaryius Thomas. I mean, eight catches um, in the last two weeks um, combined, and uh, some good yard. I mean, over 100 yards too, 109 yards in in that times uh, in those two games. So, um, you know, I mean, look, the Demaryius Thomas of old. If that's what you're expecting, you're going to be severely disappointed. Um, but if you're expect, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a guy that you can put in your flex spot for, you know, and and get you know, um, maybe d- low double digits and maybe a 15 to 16 point game. If he gets in the end zone, why not? I mean, yeah. this is what, this is the waivers we're talking about, right? So, I mean, if you can get a guy that has the potential to score you between 10 and 15 points a week, I mean, why, why not? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, and so, yeah. And I- yeah, and I think you've got that with him. So I'll just give you the rest of the list. Mark Walton, Darius Slayton, Ben Watson, Adam Humphreys, Luke Wilson taking over for injured Will Disley out for the season with that torn Achilles. Cedric Wilson and Tavon Austin. Um, Amari Cooper looks like he'll probably miss a game-ish. And Michael Gallup is – he's – fine uh randall cobb also missed the game against the jets this week and then jaron brown off of a two touchdown performance for seattle so off of that out of that list i just gave you how many of those guys are you willing to go to spend some fab on them right now and how many of those guys which of those guys are you hoping to that they just clear waivers and you can pick them up up as a free agent uh i would say I would say Luke Wilson is worth is worth a waiver claim. I don't know that I'd put a lot out there, but I think I mean the, the tight end Russell Wilson's tight end for the rest of the season potentially, um, it, you know, is is worth a waiver claim. I think, um, and then the other guy for me is Darius Slayton. And I just think it's because of the injuries. Now, obviously they get Saquon back um, this week, hopefully Um, Evan Ingram will eventually be returning Sterling Shepard. Not sure about him because of the concussion stuff. So, um, you know, but, but these guys have all been a little bit banged up. So I think, you know, Slayton is a guy who was uh, he's, he's been targeted even when those guys have been, in the games. I mean, he has, uh, I think he's, he's played in four games. He's been targeted more than five times in three of the four games. Um, so, you know, I, I think again, like we were talking about Demaryius Thomas, a guy that might catch, 
you know, four passes for 50 yards and, and the occasional touchdown, um, I think that's worth a waiver claim. Um, again, not a lot. I probably wouldn't put more than 5% on either of those guys personally, but, um, you know, I, I would be willing to take a shot on those guys. I think the rest of these guys, I'm probably waiting and wishing that they're going to hit the, um, you know, hit, hit the free agent market, uh, this week. And then maybe I'll supplement my roster with a couple of these guys. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds right to me. Um, yeah, by the way, it sounds like Sterling Shepard's going to miss some pretty significant time, uh, with this injury. So with a concussion this time, um, just having two so close together, I think they're going to, sounds like they're going to take their time bringing him back, but the Giants have a pretty nice schedule too moving forward. They've got Arizona, Detroit, and Dallas in the next three weeks, and I think that's pretty juicy. Yeah, and then looking at their fantasy playoffs, holy hell, Philadelphia, Miami, Washington. Yeah, so, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, and then Philadelphia again if you're one of those weird leagues that plays in Week 17. But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much better than those three in the fantasy playoffs, so – um, so yeah, you definitely want a piece of that giants offense by, by the time you get to the playoffs and Darius Slayton is out there available and he's probably going to be a starter regardless. So, mm-hmm. um, golden Tate works out of the slot. I think, you know, when you go three wide set, I think you're going to see Shepard on one side and Slayton on the other a lot. Uh, let's talk about some guys you can drop. Speaking of the giants. Um, uh, uh, just a, a couple guys and I'm, I'm, I think I'm more curious if you agree with these names, if these are guys that you're willing to drop just to make room for some of the waiver claims we mentioned, um, or if these are, if you would prioritize hanging on to any of these guys, uh, and pass up on some of those, especially the lower priority guys that we mentioned is ads. So there's Wayne Gallman again, Saquon's coming back and he consolidates that backfield. And then we also have Byron Pringle, uh, the return of Tyreek Hill. And now it sounds like Sammy Watkins is also healthy enough to play against Denver on Thursday night. And that might even make Demarcus Robinson expendable at this point. What do you think about those three guys? Any of them that you're going to try and hang on to? Um, no, I don't think. Well, I would probably still hang on to Demarcus Robinson just because he's still being targeted. Um, I mean, I mean, he he hasn't, you know, he had the huge week, the 172 yards and two touchdowns um, a couple of weeks ago. Six catches, 172 and two, um, which was a huge week. He had a touchdown the following week as well. Um, last two weeks haven't been quite as fruitful, uh, seven catches for 66 yards in those two games, but he was targeted 15 times. So, um, well, and then yes, I'm, I'm sorry. That was the two games pr- prior to this week. Uh, and then yesterday, of course, uh, no catches on four targets. So he's still, he's still involved. He's just not as involved, not as heavily involved as he was obviously before Tyreek Hill's return. Um, you know, so I, I I think I would probably hang on to him uh, just until Sammy Watkins gets back up to speed, uh, and then kind of go from there. Um, Wayne Gallman, I'm I'm with you. I, I think he's droppable. Um, I would still try to sell him to the Saquon owner for a fourth or something. 
uh, if we're talking dynasty, um, you know, if we're talking seasonal leagues, then yeah, I think he's, I think he's droppable unless you're the Barkley owner, in which case, you know, if you have a spot for him, you know, stash him in case, but I don't, he, he doesn't really hold outside of handcuff value. He doesn't really, he doesn't hold much value at all. So, um, I'm with you on that one as well. Yeah. There's even a chance that Barkley comes back before Wayne Gallman. It's not real likely. I mean, Gallman's, you know, going through the concussion protocol. Barkley is fighting off a high ankle sprain, but one of them is a Greek God and one of them is a mere mortal. So, um, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I know where I'm putting my money. <laughs> so, uh, Quadr- quadrinomus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's, we can, that one's a pretty easy one then. So we can just move on to our buys for the week. Uh, these are going to be heavily owned guys. You can't just go get them off of waivers, but they are worth, uh, you know, trying to, to trade for. Um, with a slightly diminished value right now that's going to bounce back. And, uh, I mean, we we both have a, a few of these guys, so I think maybe I'll just let you start if you just want to give us a few names. Yeah, sure. Um, the the two names that I have here on, on the buy list are uh, Travis Kelsey and Melvin Gordon, um, both big-name players, obviously. Um, Kelsey, I just... He, he, you know, the last couple of weeks, he's, he's had four catches for 70 and four catches for 58 yards, no touchdowns. Um, he actually hasn't scored, I think, since the uh, since week three, week that two or three. Great. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just don't think that that's I, I think there's positive regression coming when it comes to the the touchdowns. He's going to start scoring. Um it, this offense has been a little out of whack the last couple of weeks, you know, in comparison to what they were doing the first couple of weeks of the season and pretty much all of last season. So I expect Travis Kelsey to have some major, major games coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, I, so sorry to interrupt, but no, that's I, fine. I just, so Pat Mahomes. So, you know, going into the season, I think we all expected for some negative touchdown regression for Pat Mahomes. Right now, he's on pace for 37, I believe, touchdowns, 38 touchdowns, something like that for the season. So kind of the regression we expected. But he's also on pace for 5,600 yards passing, which would be 600 yards more than what he threw for last year. So it's it becomes this really weird thing where we expected some negative touchdown regression, but now you look at it and you say – there's not actually any reason for that. The yards are there. The touchdowns just aren't. And so now we're back to, you know, the at, at 38, at, at, you know, pacing for 20, for 38 touchdown passes for Pat Mahomes is low compared to what he's doing, you know, in the passing game otherwise to a point. And I think that we can probably expect some now some positive passing uh, some positive regression in uh, the passing touchdown department for Pat Mahomes. It's 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 such a weird thing, uh, but I it you know it kind of stands to reason that with all those yards, some touchdowns are going to start to come, and if that happens, it means Travis Kelsey primarily. You know the re- those wide receivers have been getting in the end zone. Um, what that's what's really missing is the production from Travis Kelsey from last year. 
Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I just, I think, I mean, you're obviously going to have to pay a, a pretty hefty price to acquire Kelsey in leagues. Um, but he may be at a slight discount right now because he's not getting in the end zone. You know, he still, he still has the, the catches and the yardage and the targets are insane. I mean, he's, he's had 49 targets in six games. So it's over eight targets a game. Um, you know, and, and, and he's, he's put up good yardage numbers for the, the first four weeks. He was over 85 yards in ed, each one of those games. Um, you know, the last two weeks, uh, you know, not quite as, as good 70 and 58, but it's not like he's putting up zeros in PPR leagues. He's still scoring, you know, pretty much in double digits. Um, and once he started scoring the touchdowns, I mean, we're talking, you know, he, we're talking back up to the Travis Kelsey we're used to where he's scoring over 20 fantasy points a game. So I just, I think if there's an opportunity to buy low because he hasn't been in the end zone and week two, he, so he has one touchdown catch on the season. Um, he also ran for one. Um, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, right. I think he ran for one. That sounds right. Um, so, but, but, but anyways, yeah. So he's not, he's just not, and, and it was in week two. So he's just not getting into the end zone right now. And I think if you have a fantasy owner who, you know, um, who, who drafted him expecting him to, to outscore, you know, all, but maybe two or three wide receivers, which he did last year, you know, then they may be a little bit frustrated uh, because of the draft capital invested. If that's the case, go buy him. Yep, absolutely. And, and then, and then my second one there. Sorry, I just got so excited talking about Travis Kelsey <laughs> that I completely forgot about Melvin Gordon. Um, so, so Melvin Gordon is is uh, my my second buy here, and I think the reason for me. You know, I think they're working him back into the offense. We saw how electric and dynamic that Austin Eckler has been in Melvin Gordon's absence. This this happened previous in previous seasons as well. When Melvin Gordon is out of the lineup, Austin Eckler is dynamic, explosive, exciting, fills the shoes, no issues. And then Melvin Gordon gets inserted back into the offense, and Eckler just doesn't play the same way. He doesn't have the results. Um, this past week, obviously, was kind of a rough situation with the Steelers game. They were behind early. Um, they did get both of them involved a little bit in the passing game, but that offense just looked kind of sluggish and not real impressive um, during that game Sunday night. Um, but I do think Melvin Gordon here starts to get, you know, he's had 20 carries in the last two weeks uh, since being back. Um, he had eight last night and then he had 12 the first game. His yards per carry are always low. Uh, the volume is the thing that that really the volume and the receptions are the thing that really help Gordon's statistics uh, and and fantasy production. And um, you know, I, I think he's going to again be more involved moving forward. Here, he's he should be at least fresher um, and and not as worn down. Um, and the Chargers have no reason not to use the crap out of him because they are not signing him to a long-term contract uh, and he's going to enter the free agent market. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to use him, and I think they're going to use him a lot here moving forward. So if people are down on Melvin Gordon, um, I, I think this is a time that you might be able to get him. Yeah. Yeah. Fully agree with that one too. Uh, let's see. So I've got, I've got a few of them for you. First of all, Dalvin cook, is going to still be extremely ex expensive, but 
he just had his love his last tough matchup of the year essentially i believe um damn it, i should have had this one pulled up i went back to the wide receivers here we go um so yeah detroit number no the 11th best matchup for running backs then washington number six kc number three dallas 12 denver 15 then the bye then seattle 18 detroit 11 the chargers are the seventh worst against running backs and green bay is the eighth worst against running backs that's in week 16 so as good as dalvin cook has been it's been against the toughest part of his schedule like by far with philadelphia chicago and oakland all being bottom 10 matchups for running backs so right you have a chance here to in and kind of back to alexander madison as well this is a big part of why he's such a huge buy or such a such an important waiver priority at this point is the fact that whoever's running the ball for Minnesota has just a dream schedule the rest of the way. So Dalvin Cook is a is a buy for me. Um, even though he's going to be expensive, he's only going to get more expensive from here. All of the Jets the uh, we talked about Demarius Thomas. Just extrapolate that to the rest of the wide receiving core. Probably Chris Herndon at tight end. Le'Veon Bell has a nice schedule going forward. Uh, Sam Darnold, if you can get him in Superflex. They, they also just really benefit from a cake schedule uh, going forward. So that they've got New England this week. And again, that's that's a tough one for, I mean, for every position. But after that, Jacksonville, Miami, the New York Jets or the New York Giants, I'm sorry, and then uh, Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami again, uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh are even decent matchups for all all positions involved. But, I mean, to it, Miami twice, Washington, Cincinnati, and the Giants. That's that's all you really need to know. It's a, also a very nice schedule. So anybody on the Jets – that you can get at a reasonable price. Now is the time to do it. Nikhil Harry for, and we talked a little bit about him offline um, and wanted to make sure and specify, this is only for a rebuilding team in dynasty for the rest of 2019. Nikhil Harry is essentially red shirted. I believe any Josh Gordon and Philip Dorsett are going to be uh, and Julian Edelman out of the slot. Of course, I think those are your primary weapons for new England, but um, as early as 2020, Nikhil Harry becomes, you know, probably the top option in that offense and, uh, if, you know, fully healthy. I think that, uh, that now might be the time to buy him before he gets back on the field and everybody remembers that he was the number one wide receiver in this rookie class. And then finally, Jared Goff, after that awful game, that he just had against San Francisco, which, by the way, my it, it looks to me like the number one defense against the pass. I I, I know that, the, the, and I I talked a lot about this in the off season that that uh, there's that Super Bowl letdown. There's the fact that everybody kind of figures out your offense, figures out your play calling. Plus, you've got Todd Gurley hurt all the time. There was the the Rams offense was just in for some negative regression. That was coming. But don't if 
the Jared Goff owner is willing to value him based on what just happened against San Francisco, which has such a good secondary and such a great pass rush. They're the number 30 matchup for uh, against quarterbacks. And that's despite the fact that they've had the toughest schedule out of the top three defenses. It's a, it's a nightmare matchup for any quarterback. They were going to make anyone look bad and they did it to Jared Goff. Now he gets Atlanta. Who's the second worst at stopping quarterbacks. Then he gets Cincinnati, the fourth worst at stopping quarterbacks and still has Arizona later on the schedule. The only problem with Jared Goff here is a week 16 matchup at San Francisco, but let him get you there first and then deal with it. Yeah, I'm with you on Goff. I think, um, I I think this is a good opportunity to buy with, with the last couple of weeks. Um, that offense just overall seems like it's been a little bit out of sorts, uh, for a couple of weeks. And I think, you know, uh, some 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 of the matchups that you're talking about here coming up are ones that can get them out of a funk real quick. Um, so, you know, we're we're talking about a kid that is is, I think, in the top ten quarterbacks in the league. Um, he's tied to McVay for you know the next several years. Um, you know, so dynasty leagues, I, I think he's very attractive as well. Um, you know, I, I'm with you. I think Jared Goff is a buy right now. Nice. How about some sell candidates? Uh, let's let's get a few of those guys. Um, some guys that uh, you can sell high on right now, uh, maybe ba- based on their week six performances, um, just kind of an overall value boost that you can take advantage of and sell them now. Yeah, uh, my my guy here is Golden Tate. Uh, for the Giants. And and look, I, I think that Tate is, I think he probably has another week in him. Um, maybe a few if, if Sterling Shepard is going to be out, but the Giants are going to be getting some weapons back. Uh, you know, Golden Tate was literally one of the only weapons they had on the field the other night against the Patriots. And I think he benefited from that. Uh, nine catches, 114 yards, right? No, that's for the season. I'm sorry. Six catches, 102 yards, and the long touchdown. Um, So, you know, it's not that I don't like Golden Tate. It's not that I don't think that he can be a decent wide receiver. I just think there are some people that will see that that game on Thursday night, that primetime game, and think, oh, he's going over 100 yards and catching a long touchdown every week. And that's not who Golden Tate is. He's a slot receiver. He's... You know, I just I think this is an opportunity that if you can sell him um, and and get a little bit more of an upside play. I mean, Tate is pretty consistent, um, but but I think you could probably get a higher upside player for Tate right now um, based off that week six performance. Um, And in dynasty leagues, uh, I mean, we're talking about how much more of a trade window is Golden Tate going to have moving forward here? Um, I, I don't know that it's going to... I, I don't know that he's got too many of these types of games left in him. I could be totally wrong on this, but I just don't feel like uh, moving forward he's he's going to be the type of guy who's going over 100 yards and scoring every week. So uh, that's why I have Golden Tate as a sell. Yeah, I'm with you. You don't want to chase those long touchdowns anyways, but especially from a slot receiver who typically thrives on volume 
um, when the volume probably isn't going to be there very often for Golden Tate. I'm selling Alshon Jeffrey, and I'm selling the Browns, kind of all of the Browns, not Nick Chubb. I guess you hang on to Nick Chubb. Um, He's just kind of, that's the, he, first of all, he has the best schedule going forward. And second of all, that's how you deal with this schedule is turn in hand off to Nick Chubb. But Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, finally looked a little bit more like what we expected. Three interceptions is a little tough to swallow. But I mean, I think that you can sell based on the fact that um, that he 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 ran for a touchdown. He threw for two, two or three and uh, had the Cleveland offense look you know, more than competent. And then Odell Beckham Jr., um, maybe Jarvis Landry, but I'd say primarily Mayfield and Beckham is kind of what I'm talking about here. Um, just based on the fact that they, again, I mean, they looked they looked competent. They looked explosive against Seattle, but now they get a bye, and then they get New England, Denver, Buffalo. That is a horrible schedule for fantasy purposes for three games. Uh, it's it, it definitely lightens up from there. So, I mean, if you can weather the storm, if you're in a position, you know, you're you're uh, six and oh, five and one, something like that, then you can and you can afford to have your wide receiver one getting shut out by Stefan Gilmore, Chris Harris and Tredavious White, then go for it. But if you're in, you know, you're getting into must win mode in order to get into the playoffs, those guys are not going to be able to help you do it against three of the toughest matchups in the entire league. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, it's really kind of the same thing. It's just based on the schedule. It gets absolutely atrocious uh, for wide receivers in particular going forward. They get uh, Dallas, Buffalo, Chicago, then the bye, then New England. It's just absolutely brutal for a wide receiver, and particularly one who... It, he he's not that alpha wide receiver one who is matchup proof. I think Alshon Jeffrey can absolutely be shut down by the top coverage on those on those four teams. And then with a the bye sprinkled in there, you're looking at five weeks before you really feel good starting Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I, I really like the Browns calls uh, in seasonal. I, I mean, obviously Nick Chubb, you're not you're not moving Nick Chubb. Uh, or you shouldn't be. I mean, he's he's producing pretty much every week. But um, I mean, Baker Mayfield. What what the heck? I mean, I you know, I, I mean, the talent is there on the offense. I mean, he has much better skill position players than he had last year. Um, you know, the offensive line is not as good as it was, and I think that is having an effect. Um, I mean, one he, he hasn't thrown more than a, one touchdown in a game yet. And he's had at least one interception in it in every game so far, and three of the six he's had multiple interceptions. So it's just been ugly. It's been an ugly start of the season for the Browns from a statistical standpoint, and also from a record standpoint. I mean, I think this was everybody's darling team this year, and on paper they 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 have they were set up to be a, a pretty good team uh, yes they could also rebound there's no doubt about it they have the talent but they got to get better up front if they don't get better up front it don't matter how many how much talent you have if baker's on his butt every play so i i you know i'm with you i don't think 
I, I don't know. I mean, I in seasonal leagues, it's hard to trust any of these guys right now. And, and you know, and you brought up great points about the schedule too. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I I'm not real I'm not real happy. I have a lot of Brown sh- shares <laughs> in in terms of their skill <laughs> position guys, and it's frustrating right now, um, for sure. Especially the way that last season kind of ended with Baker looking. I mean. I mean, how many people had him outside the top? Uh, I shouldn't ask that question on this show, John Hogue. <laughs> um, but there weren't many people that had him outside of their top four or five quarterbacks um, for Dynasty and even redraft. I mean, I think people were on board with Baker being probably a top five quarterback this season. It just isn't happening to this point. Um, so we'll see what happens moving forward. And then with Alshon, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, too. Um, I, I actually think if they can get Deshaun Jackson back, that will help Jeffrey. Um, but, but yeah, I, you know, if he's, if he's on, you know, if number one corners are on him, I, I, I agree. I think he's a guy that they can game plan out with those guys. Um, so, you know, I, I think these are some, some pretty good ones here, uh, for the, for the cells. I think we'll end up talking about all of them again, uh, just on the other side of this. We'll talk about them as all by candidates later in the season. But again, if if you're in must win territory right now, you know, if you're kind of middle of the pack on the bubble for the playoffs, I, I, these guys are all going to you're you're not going to be able to wait on these guys to get through these brutal schedules. So. That's the whole idea there. But if you can afford to hang on to them, go for it by all means, because there are better days ahead. It's just we're looking at a month plus before we get there. One last segment here next week, this week, of course, are one of our favorites. And the idea being these are guys who are likely going to be high waiver priorities next week. They're going to cost you a, a significant amount of fab if you wait until week eight to pick them up. But here in week seven, you can get them for free or next to it and save yourself a ton of fab uh, next week. So let's get into a few of those guys. And uh, I, I just I'm just going to give you all three names. And um, I'm curious, uh, you know, in, I guess in what order you're going to prioritize these these four guys. So I've got Damian Harris, and it's just the the schedule for the New England Patriots the rest of the season. That's a little bit of a mess with Sony Michelle and then Rex Burkhead coming back. Um, but the the idea that maybe they're keeping Damian Harris fresh for that late season run, which is something that the, we've seen the Patriots do many times in the past, kind of turn it over to a fresh set of legs later in the season. And he's going to get an amazing schedule if and when that happens. Duke Williams, last time we saw him, five catches. Oh, man, I need to – I'd have to pull up his stat line. But it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 yards and a touchdown, game-winning touchdown for the Bills. Uh, And then they went on by, so kind of a – out of sight, out of mind, speculative thing here. And same with Zay Jones, uh, traded during the bye week from Buffalo to Oakland, um, where they're pretty beat up at wide receiver. Tyrell Williams, I'm not totally sure of his status going into week seven, but Zay Jones, either way, probably starts for that Raiders 
wide receiving core that's pretty decimated anyways. And then speaking of the Raiders, DeAndre Washington, the backup running back to Josh Jacobs with a great schedule going forward. Uh, just one Josh Jacobs injury away from having a significant role in a very nice running back schedule. So in what order are you going to prioritize those guys? And is there any of them that you just want to throw out? You can do that too. I will take just a little bit of offense. <laughs> uh, well, if you're going to take offense, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm me, so I'm not going to, uh, I'm not, not going to throw any of them out. That's not Brian R thing to do. Yeah, That's right. Um, no, I, I think I would prioritize Zay Jones here and I think it's just going to be opportunity wise, you know, um, the Raiders need playmakers <laughs> and they need guys that can catch the football. I mean, they're just banged up right now. Uh, you mentioned gazelle. He's Tyrell Williams. He's banged up. Uh, not sure if he's even going to play this week. Um, you know, uh, the Darren Waller train has slowed, <laughs> um, a little bit over the last couple of weeks as well. Um, I, I just, I think Zay has a chance to step in there and get a good number of targets, get some catches, uh, what he'll do with them, who knows, but I, I think he's going to have the opportunity there. So I would probably prioritize him, um, I would also so so here so in dynasty leagues, in dynasty leagues, I would prioritize uh, Damien Harris over all of these guys easily um, because I think moving forward he's going to get some opportunity in in New England. Um, I don't know how much this season that's going to happen. I, like you said, if they are saving him to be fresh, look out. <laughs> look <Yep>. out because <laughs> this, this this kid is a is a hard runner um and, and, and a he's 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 a perfect he's a perfect fit in new england in my opinion um so i just I, I think if if he does get the opportunity i'm not convinced he's going to and who the hell knows with belichick <laughs> but um you know, but if he does, I I think he's he's going to surprise a lot of people and really be a guy down the stretch that can that can do some damage. Um, you know, and then Duke and and DeAndre Washington. I'd probably put Duke Williams next, uh, Dequell Williams, because you know I mean, he did have four catches. I think uh, the the uh, before the bye with the touchdown. Um, you know, and and again, just increasing opportunities. Zay Jones moves on with the trade. Duke Williams steps in and is 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 gonna get a little bit more opportunity there. Now DeAndre Washington for me, I mean, I I get the argument and 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 your point of him stepping in if Josh Jacobs goes down. I think, and and he obviously will. He'll obviously get more opportunity in that case. Uh, but I do think Jalen Rashard too, depending on game script. Um, and we we kind of talked about that a little bit before the show as well. I think depending on game script, he could get more involved in that offense too. Um, it, that offense without Josh Jacobs looks pretty uh, uh, not so great. Uh, so you know, I, I think if if they're behind in games without Josh Jacobs, they're probably throwing the ball a lot, which is going to make Jalen Rashard kind of have that receiving role. Um, not that Washington, I mean, he can catch the ball out of the backfield too, but I, I just think Jalen Rashard showed last year that he he can be dynamic in that role. So um, it, so that's how I'd rank those guys. Um, but I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think that that's fair. So, by the way, Duke Williams, to me, looks like what we thought Robert Foster was going to be in that offense. 
So I think he might actually be my number one here. Uh, Damian Harris is probably number two based on just, I, I mean, it's pretty speculative and you, you're kind of going to have to wait uh, several weeks for that one to transpire. But in once we get there, he's going to be absolutely worth the stash. Um, then Zay Jones for me. And then I, I think to, to add to your point with DeAndre Washington, I also don't love, you know, just uh, trying to predict injuries, but I think, uh, I, I think that he's got standalone value. It's just not nearly as significant as these other guys. So, um, so I'll, I'm fine with prioritizing him at the end, but it sounds like we're in agreement, right? That all four guys are worth the speculative ad this week. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah. He says in his most diplomatic voice. So, (laughs) (laughs) so so add those guys this week so that you can uh, enjoy the discount and uh, reap the rewards next week. And with that, we can wrap this one up for the week. Don't forget to check out our regular episode tomorrow. Comes out every uh, every Wednesday. And then Wednesday nights, we also have that live mailbag show um, where we answer listener questions and analyze listener trades. So don't forget to send in your trades and questions. And you can also just join in and watch the show live and uh, ask your questions in the live chat and the guys will answer them there as well. And then of course the star sit at the end of the week, complete with injury reports from our own Ethan Turner. So this is a first of many for the week, all five episodes coming at you from the super flex super show this week for Brian Har. He's at Brian Har FF on Twitter. I'm John Hogue at Superflex dude. This has been your week seven standard operating procedures. Now go execute.